Did you know that on December 26th, a.k.a. Boxing Day, people don't actually fight each other? That's weird. We got all sorts of fun facts and more coming up. We got lots of info. Let's rock and roll. It's Did You Know with Rhino. Hello and welcome to Did You Know with Rhino. In case you didn't know, I'm Rhino. This is my show and I know exactly what you're thinking. What do you do on December 26th? And the answer to that one is you celebrate the holy day of St. Stephen or Stephen or something like that. In today's episode, we're going to have lots of fun and excitement and you might even learn a thing or two. I know we've already done so. Yes, we're going to talk about all sorts of cool, interesting facts, uh, tell a couple of stories, maybe joke around a bit, and um, we're going to do that right about now. But we don't do that alone. In fact, today we're graced with my uh, favorite guest. You know her. I know her. It's my wife. Ladies and gentlemen, Rachel O. Hi. How you doing? Um, pretty awesome. Feeling kind of lazy today, but I like that. Well, one of the awesome things about feeling lazy is that you can do so in between spurts of productivity. That's so true. For example, we wrapped a lot of presents. We sure did. And, and there's groceries. Groceries. And a little bit of laundry and dishes. It's been a, a day of chores. And then in between that, we were watching a marathon of The Office. woo Which is hilarious because it's wrong, but hilarious at the same time. It's definitely an amazing show. And stupid. And amazing. <laughs> And we've been doing that. Um, lately, what we've been watching are a whole bunch of Hallmark movies. That's so true. Those are also amazing and stupid and amazing. We've, we've also gotten to the point where some of the commercials that we've been seeing um, in between are ridiculous and a half. Um, Rachel, what do you think is like one of the most ridiculous commercials you've seen lately? Way to put me on the spot here. Um, I'll, I'll say one while you think of one. How's okay, that? Okay, that sounds great. Um, lately, these uh, perfume commercials are the worst. Oh, yes. <laughs> Thanks for bringing those up. Those are terrible. You you get them, like there's one that's recent where they're in like the 1960s or early 70s, and you see like a tiger. You see a snake. You see them riding in a car, and then the name of the perfume. That's it. Yeah, that totally makes me want to buy that perfume. I remember <laughs> a little bit earlier, they had like the Johnny Depp commercial where he was driving and driving and driving and then he goes to the side of the road and he has a fire and then he looks into the camera and a little suave and then that's it. I don't remember that one at all. That's silly. But they're they're all ridiculous and silly at the same time. Uh, Yes. I mean, there's the Geico commercials, which are always just terrible. Well, except for the, ha the Halloween ones. Those were great. Okay, the Halloween ones were good. I did like those where, like, there's a group of people and they're like, look, a car with the keys in the ignition. And then they're like, no. And then they're like, inside the house. No. And then the stupid idiot's like, let's hide behind those chainsaws. And they're like, yeah, that sounds legit. No. 
I, I think those commercials are amazing. There's another one with um, Casper the Friendly Ghost, like being their roommate. Yep, that one was cute. What else? Uh, um, there, there's all these, all these like Sprint and um, Verizon and stuff comparing that they're the best and I'm the best and you're the best and they're doing math at each other and you don't want to see math while you're watching a TV show. No, you don't. You just kind of want to like, ooh, that sandwich looks good or ooh, now I want pizza. Or ooh, I've been seeing this same commercial for the past 20 years of the Hershey's Kisses doing the We Wish You a Merry Christmas. Oh, classic. We'll never go out of style. What do we have on our dining room table? Hershey's Kisses. There's there's also the, the M&M's commercial with Santa. Yeah, he's real. Oh. He does exist. They do exist. They both pass out. Santa? Yeah. Notice the peanut M&M is, the I think, the one that's still standing, right? Well... Is it because he's not intelligent enough, or is it because he still has the the aspect of disbelief? I think it's because he's the peanut M&M, and he's the better choice of all the M&Ms. Ah, I see. That's the connection you're making. <laughs> nice. That That's super great. Um, so what else have you seen lately on the uh, commercial-wise? Well, I don't know about ridiculousness, but Target, like, Target, love Target, but... Their stupid commercial for this holiday season is just like has this stupid song and I hate it. It drives me crazy every time it comes on. But a good, really good commercial I think I saw was Pier One where they're around the dinner table and the guy has a present and it's car keys hidden underneath the napkin and he's giving his girlfriend or wife. And she doesn't notice it. She's just like, oh, did you get these napkins at Pier 1? And then she's like, look at this. You got this at Pier 1. And he's like, I got you a car. And, <laughs> and she, she doesn't care at she all. She doesn't notice at all. <laughs> that's awesome. <laughs> that's that's super awesome. Goes um, around point. Yeah. Uh, you kind of wish that they'd spend more money on these and like more, not even more money, more time putting together a well thought of commercial. Because some of them just don't make sense. Or they have a song that ruins it. No. Okay, the best commercial, I think, that we've seen recently was the Jif peanut butter commercial. Is this the apocalypse one? Oh, my gosh. It's so good. Where, like, the girl is running through the, like, the apocalyptic world, and she finally finds shelter, and they're like, oh, you're okay. You're safe. And she looks at their shelf, and it's filled with all this, I don't know, no non-branded peanut butter, and she's... I can't do this. And she runs and she finds some kind of convenience store and sirens and shooting or bombs are going off around her. And she's just sitting there eating her Jeff peanut butter. And that's really good. That's a great one. I think we can find it and put it up on the, uh, the Twitter account. That'd be the, the best spot for it. Yeah. Um, so out of all these commercials of uh, the, the, the most insane ones have been the perfume ones. Those are ridiculous. There's basically just some kind of nonsense storyline, but there's usually a famous actress or actor. So, mostly an actress. if we were to make a perfume commercial, how would you do it? Um, I would probably have somebody, like, maybe walking through a forest or a meadow with flowers. and Be maybe Because of the scent is something similar to that? Yes, I would say something like that. Meeting, you know, 
I don't know. Or like maybe they put on the perfume and that like empowers them to go out to their business meeting or on their first blind date or like something that's empowering to women, not just like, ooh, if I wear this perfume, I'll be as cool as this movie star or I will be so cool that I can dance in a laundromat with a tiger running around behind me. So would you not have someone extremely famous as your spokesperson? No, I don't think so. Because that wouldn't probably have any talking in the in the commercial that was like talking to the viewer. I would maybe have talking that was just like going on in the scene. So you would just want someone that's just, you know, decently attractive. Yeah, I guess so. Right on. So then what would be the name of your perfume? Oh, okay. Um... Maybe like sore or, okay, that sounds really bad because like, ooh, it's pussy. Sore by Calvin Klein. <laughs> Maybe like, um, like light or sparkle or something powerful. I know. Glitter. <laughs> Glitter du jour. Or we could be like the little four-year-old we heard in Target this morning going, Glitter, I love you, Glitter. I love glitter. <laughs> That's great. <laughs> we, we could. We could just have that entire commercial just about about Target. Just, I love you, glitter. It was so sweet and so scary at the same time for her child to like glitter that much. Well, what is she going to do with all that glitter? I don't know. I did, We just like kind of walked past quickly. We didn't see if it was like freestanding glitter, if glitter was already in something, like maybe a snow globe, but glitter. So much glitter. <laughs> so now that we've gone over the, the awesomeness of the, the, the commercials, I think we should actually discuss um, something informative because we haven't done that lately in our podcast. I mean, I think people are learning things, maybe more about our opinions, but they're learning. But let's give them some some awesome Hardcore facts. How does that sound? Knowledge is power. Knowledge is power. Um, starting with, um, lately, or back in the day of our podcast, we used to do a segment called the Word of the Day, where I'd give you a word or a phrase, and you'd tell me where it comes from. How's that? Sounds groovy. So the phrase of this episode is tit for tat. What do you think it means, and where do you think it comes from? Well, tit for tat, I think it means, like, this for that. Like, if you do this to me, I'll do that to you. Or if I do that to you, you'll do this to me. I think. Kind of like a blow for a blow? Yeah, like, say, if we're neighbors and you cut down my flower bush, then I'm going to cut down your ivy bush and back and forth we go or i'll play music loud tuesday night and you'll play music loud thursday night <laughs> nice so then where do you think that phrase comes from um latin so or french tit or or tat is latin or french for something sure nice so from digging around online, what I have found is actually from an English term, tip for tap, which means a blow for a blow. 
Um, because uh, tip for tap is a like a light touch, not like a, a punch for a punch or an eye for an eye, but like a little soft blow for a blow. Yeah, so like a friendly neighborly competition slash revenge story. <laughs> so, so what they did back in the early 20th century is that there is a, a Cockney rhyming um, slang, tifter, which means hat. And, and so um, tit, tit for or tit for tat, that is like a, a hat. So like a, a tip of the hat was kind of what it was, like a tip of the hat for, for me and a tip of the hat to you sort of thing. It's like a tip for tat sort of thing. Sure. Yeah. That sounds amazing. That's, that's what it says here in many multiple different websites. And now we know. And knowing's half the battle. The other half is like guns and laser beams and whatnot. Pew, pew. Pew. Did you know with Rhino? We'll be right back after a word from our sponsor. This episode has been brought to you by Everyday Cosplay Finds. Ever wanted to show off your favorite character or group of characters, but don't see things online that match your style? Then check out Everyday Cosplay Finds, bringing cosplay into your everyday. Go to etsy.com slash shop slash everyday cosplay finds for more information. And now back to our show. Did you know with Rhino? Now, also... While we were doing some of our previous episodes, we used to talk about crazy and ridiculous things that are so weird, so far-fetched, like they could only happen in the state of Florida. Um, Are you ready to deep dive into the weirdness of your home state, Rachel? Yes, let's do this. She says with a scared look on her face. Um, Here, uh, just based on just reading the headline... Florida men, one disguised in bull costume, allegedly tried to burn down ex-boyfriend's home with spaghetti sauce. What do you think about that? I think drugs or alcohol was definitely involved. What? Why would... So we had to unpack three different aspects of it. Number one, why is, is he in a bull costume? Uh, because he wanted to disguise himself. And he chose a bull costume? That's what he maybe had laying around his home. But you couldn't even find those at like your local um, Walmart or Target during Halloween season. So where did he get this bull costume from? I don't know. Okay. Um, Why would he want to burn down the ex's home? He was crazy jealous. And why with spaghetti sauce? Because it was red like fire. He maybe he thought it was lava. And that's your clue response. It was, um, he had something lying around, was crazily jealous, and because it was red like fire. Yes. That's awesome. exactly what happened. Sweet. Let's go into it and see what, it, nope, it doesn't even give me any information. That's bogus. So after doing a little bit of quick research about this particular story, I discovered that um, the ex was trying to break in and steal some stuff. But he wanted to uh, make it look like um, the person who was living there um, was, was, had started a fire from cooking. But the problem was that um, it happened like late in the middle of the night, so... 
who leaves the stove on and gets up at 2 o'clock in the morning to fix spaghetti. I mean, it could happen, I guess, if that guy comes home late from work or whatever, but it'd have to be a special circumstance. So they they didn't explain anything about why he was wearing a bull costume. They didn't ex- as they barely explained why it was spaghetti. Um, but we at least know that you were correct. It was jealousy. Aha. Uh-huh. And and that's our crazy story about insane nonsense in the state of Florida. So Rachel, um, a while back, they had came out with uh, a trailer for the new James Bond movie. What are your initial thoughts on the upcoming James Bond film? It looks action-packed, and I'm excited for it. I'm sad that it's his last one, though, and I am also excited to hear what the the song will be. And we're going to find out what the song is going to be sometime around March. Yes, probably the number one film I'm looking forward to in 2020. I can't even think of, oh, wait, no, I can. Um, Black Widow? I mean, sure. But right now, it's it's the James Bond. Yeah, if I only get to see one film in 2020, I want it to be um, not not the day to die or something like that. Uh, so based off of the, the past four James Bond movies, which are Casino Royale. Um, Quantum Solace. Quantum of Solace. Skyfall and Spectre, how would you rate them from best to least? Um, I'm not going to say worse because they're still awesome. Exactly. They're still awesome. I would say as far as plot, like in an, a whole entirety, Skyfall is probably my favorite plot and everything because we do get to learn a little bit of a backstory about James. Um, second favorite would probably be Spectre. Because that opening scene, the is opening amazing. scene is just amazing, <laughs> absolutely. Um, third would be Casino Royale, and then fourth would be Quantum of Solace, mostly because I feel like unless you don't watch Casino Royale and Quantum of Solace back to back, you're kind of lost when it comes to Quantum of Solace. Yeah, you kind of need to watch it as one big three and a half hour movie. What are you talking about? I'm pretty sure Casino Royale lasts three and a half hours. <laughs> because the whole time I was like, hello, when are we ending this movie? And then you get to a, and the next part and you're like, is it is it over yet? Nope, it's not. Yeah, it feels like you could have stopped at midway and then thrown the next part into the second movie. But I do like both movies. I mean, sure, I guess. They're, they're awesome and a half. So we're looking forward to the upcoming James Bond flick so talking about movies and watching movies it usually makes people hungry um and the the ultimate food for like an any time is going to be an awesome sandwich there's a whole bunch of sandwich joints in our area lately uh you and i have experienced the firehouse subs um so if you were to make your ultimate sandwich uh, what would you put on your ultimate sandwich? My ultimate sandwich has turkey, sometimes ham, definitely bacon. I love mayo, cheese, definitely. 
probably provolone or cheddar and then pepper I also sometimes like spicy mustard, but like the zesty kind, not like hot mustard, spicy mustard. And either like some kind of sub olive oil sauce, or I also really love oil and vinegar. And what would you have as your side? Because knowing you, you just can't have the sandwich by itself. No, 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 no. You can't just have one food item. Like that just doesn't fly. Unless it's a snacky food, then you could just do like popcorn or chips. But, but for a meal, like if you're going to have a hot dog, you need something with it. Oh, yes. I can't just eat a hot dog and not have anything else. Like, one, texture is a big thing. And two, I think my mouth gets bored of just eating the same flavor over and over. So I need to break it up with different textures and flavors. So with a sandwich, I always need chips. So what would you say are like your top five potato chip flavors that would go well with that sandwich? Uh, number one, salt and vinegar. Nice. So just like the, the, the nice sweetness, but a little bit um, bitterness of the vinegar? Uh, to me, vinegar isn't bitter, which is probably like why I like it. To me, it's like sweet and tangy. So the sweet tanginess to go with your multiple meats and cheeses on your sub. Yes. And then I also do like sour cream and onion or regular like salt and pepper kettle chips. And I mean, I won't pass up a good Cheeto either. What, what about barbecue? Barbecue is good. That's not probably my favorite with that type of sandwich, but barbecue is good. But, but, so you do barbecue in general, but definitely more of the, the, the salty salty sweet things or cheesy things with it yes nice and then to top it all off what what beverage would you add to make this the combo meal Ooh, that's really a good question i mean traditionally i probably just go with coke but once in a while i do like to mix it up with root beer or dr pepper or the last time we went to fire all subs i got the cream soda and that was pretty good too Nice. Would you add hot sauce to it? Uh, no, not to a sandwich. When we were there at the Firehouse Sub, they had like 15 different hot sauces. Yeah, apparently a lot of people like hot sauce on their sandwich, which I think to me, if hot sauce belongs anywhere, it's not really on a sandwich. It also depends on your sandwich. I mean, I guess true. Um, For, for me, while I'm there, I like their, their meatball. Uh, sandwich but adding hot sauce to a meatball sandwich would be a bit awkward it would be weird like like hot sauce what sort of play things would you add hot sauce to chili nice just uh so what what type of hot sauce like what flavor would you like to add to your chili um maybe like a little bit smoky but spicy tangy um, More yeah. than just a basic Tabasco? Oh, I love Tabasco on my chili, though. But, I, I mean, I could play with some hot sauces in my chili. And and so, like, if you were to create a hot sauce, what sort of flavors would you want in your hot sauce? Is, is the smokiness? Mm, maybe not so much smokiness. Um, I'd want to have, like, a, a slow burn, like a slow heat. Maybe a little bit of sweetness to it, and then like that heat kind of creeping up on you. Gotcha. So give it some some vinegar, um, but also 
not like a, a heavy dose of pepper into it, but just, just enough to get it a little soft burn. Mm-hmm. Yes. And what would you name it? Ooh. I mean, just because I'm on the spot and don't really have a lot of time to think about it, I might just say the slow burn or, I don't know, the s- steady killer or I don't know. <laughs> the steady killer. <laughs> James Bond in The Steady Killer. Hello there, Gold Goldfinger. Do you expect me to eat this entire hot sauce? No, Mr. Bond. I expect you to die very slowly. <laughs> Slow and steady wins the worst. It's ridiculous. <laughs> um, uh, speaking of ridiculous, we were watching one of these um, Hallmark movies again because it's it's what we do right now because it's. It, Tis the season. And it's there. And there's so many of them that there's just always on 24-7 right now. Um, I've, I've learned that I have a pet peeve when it comes to um, instruments being played on a movie or TV show. Yes. And this pet peeve is that, let's say, um, you see a, a drum and you see a bass and a guitar, and another guitar. And that's what you see. This band's playing. And then all of a sudden, in like the middle of their song, you hear the sound of a violin, or some trumpets and whatnot, or a bunch of more strings. But you don't see them on stage. Where's the string sound coming from? And that's my pet peeve with specific movies. Yeah. Um, I forget what it's called in film. We totally studied this in school where... um the music that you're hearing as a viewer, like if um, in like certain movies where they're like playing a joyful song, but like the people actually in the film can't hear it. Or there's also like the type of music where the people in the film, they actually can hear it. And there's a, um, a scene in Lost that our teacher showed us. And it's, I think... Um, Oh, what was his name? Is it Hurley? The um, he's played by Jorge Garcia. Um, the 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 Blitz. Yes. 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 Um, so he's sitting on the beach, and um, you're hearing like the song as a viewer. It's maybe like kind of a dramatic song, or like maybe an upbeat song, and then all of a sudden it goes and changes the way you're hearing the song because Hurley is sitting on the beach listening to it on his headphones. So he is actually hearing it. Nice. Um, so it, it, it changes from from how the song is used in the the film itself. That part I could buy, but it's it's when you're having a specific like concert that you're watching. Right. But in the middle, there's like eight more instruments than what's being presented on stage. Exactly. And it doesn't appear that they have like a MIDI sequencer or something in order to assist them. They're breaking the rules in that in that sense. And they're just hoping you don't notice because you're you're fawning over, you know, oh, they're about to kiss. They're all oh, like how sweet of a moment. And but we you're not did supposed notice. to notice those things. I noticed that all the time. Um, so ba- backing up, you said um, that you were studying um, film. Go ahead and, and tell some of our listeners a little bit more about your film background. Um, let's see. When I was in high school, my parents dragged me to see this 
movie that I had never heard of the plot, never heard of the anything about it, and I kind Gone of... Gone with the Wind? No. I kind of pitched a little fit because I did not want to go see this movie. And this movie actually changed my life, made me completely want to go into film and study it. I became obsessed with uh, film scores and um, basically doing anything I can to be on a movie set. I didn't really want to go to college. I wanted to do anything. They're like asking me, what do I want to do on a movie set? I didn't care. I needed to be there. So I studied in at the university i studied film and was going to school to be a film major but um unfortunately my university (laughs) they didn't have a great film program and they basically had two teachers well okay there was like three or four teachers but the main teacher the head of the film program was about 80 something years old and very set in his old ways and i just i didn't want to take any more classes with him i didn't think i was learning anything And to be honest, I kind of gave up on my dream of being on film sets because I think the route that I should have taken to become on stage or or backstage on film was not college. (laughs) It would have been more like hands-on experience sort of thing? It would have been hands-on experience, which I, my mom did arrange for me to talk with someone that has worked on lots of films like Troy. Um, I think he worked on Willy Wonka and the Chocolate Factory with Johnny Depp. And I know he worked on some film with Jack Nicholson. I don't know what it was. It, it um, probably wasn't Batman. It probably wasn't Batman. But if he it was just, Batman, I'd love to talk to that person about <laughs> he Batman. He said Jack Nicholson was really, really cool. Nice. Um, but he worked on uh, films and did like special effects on stage. Not like um, not like computer generated effects, but like he liked uh, to blow up things. Or he would, you know, if there was a fireplace in the movie, he would set up the fireplace to you know, be safe and stuff. So that was so cool. I really wanted to follow in his footsteps, but I changed my major and I have been very disappointed in Hollywood's film releases. So that's why I'm super excited about James Bond and because it's, it's original films. Yeah. Cause it is, it's a new take because instead of just redoing the same movies over and over again, the James Bond one is giving you the same character, but throwing them in unique situations. Yeah, new storylines. You get to learn maybe a little bit more about the character, like in Skyfall. Or, um, I mean, you just get to see some like cool technology, cool explosions. I always love a good spy story. I've fallen in love with lots of different spy stories before. And I think it's a he's a good character. So, with some of the, the spy stories, like... I. I know that you're a huge fan of of Alias, which is like one of your favorite all-time shows. Yes. Um, so so going into more of these different spy um, sp- spy movies and whatnot, um, what are some other favorites of yours? Mm. Um, I mean. Pink Panther's fun. Yes. <laughs> I mean, I guess it's not exactly a spy story, but... Now, have you seen the um, original Pink Panthers yet? I have seen... Maybe not all of them, but some of them, yes. But the Steve Martin one is also pretty Steve good. Steve Martin one is fun. Would you like to buy Um, Gosh, another spy film. Hmm. I, I mean, I you could almost argue that some of the... Marvel films are slightly spy-ish, like Captain America. Definitely, he's kind of like a spy-ish. 
Uh, I like that one. That's a good one. I feel like I'm stretching here because I haven't seen that many spy films. Lately. I've seen um, like spy TV shows back in the 90s. They had a couple of spy TV shows. Like what? Um, there was one called Nikita. I didn't watch a whole lot of it, but it was pretty good of what I did watch. And Nikita came out probably like the... the Mid-2000s, early 2000s, something um, like that? I think more mid-2000s because it was after Alias. Because I think it basically... I mean, there's also La Femme Nikita, which I think was the original. This is just a remake. Gotcha. Again, Hollywood can't seem to get anything original going. Well, there's also The Blacklist. The Blacklist I consider is that good. to be a spy TV show. Okay, very true, yes. The Blacklist. And I think the spy aspect also weaned me into crime and um mystery shows because you know me i love all those kinds of mystery shows mystery shows film noir it, it all it all speaks to my wife oh yes absolutely i love a good mystery and the maltese falcon oh that one's really good mary astor peter Lorre, humphrey bogart awesome there's a lot of humphrey bogart um film noir films i have to deal with uh, a little bit of a, a murder mystery sort of thing. Oh, yeah. Film noir is an amazing genre. I love the play of the shadows and light and the suspense. I think that's why I've never been like a big horror person. I really love the suspense of a film and how it builds. And specifically, Alfred Hitchcock did amazing work. So you want more of a traditional horror, less of a slasher gore film. Yes, because I think, I mean, anyone, you can, of course, be, like, reactive and scared to, like, gore or someone coming at you with a knife. But, I mean, in this film noir, you might see only, like, a shadow or running and you don't really can't really tell sometimes where a shadow is coming from and you can express a lot with a shadow without having to show as much too like i think in um psycho all you see is the shadow of the guy stabbing um oh i forget her name who's in the the shower and you only see like the stabbing sensation Yes, the lady in the shower. I forget the actress's name. But you basically see just that stabbing in the shadow. Maybe you see it like the knife. Then you see the stabbing shadow. And then you see her reaction. And then, of course, again, the music just comes to play in that film so, so nicely. Similarly, um, we were watching uh, Jaws, I think, a, f a few weeks ago. It was on television. Mm -hmm. And you don't necessarily see the 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 killer, a.k.a. the shark, until almost two-thirds of the way through the film. Pretty much, yeah. You only see maybe, like, a fin, and that's it. It, like, built on the, the fear of the of the, the animal itself that you don't get to see right away. You just have this idea of what is in the water, what is in the shadows. It's kind of like in in the first bits of um, Tim Burton's Batman, you you don't really see what's going on, and all of a sudden, boom, 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 ah, there he is, and he and he scares the crap out of um, the the criminals because it's it's what you don't see that's more terrifying than what you do see. Very true. 
and and that's our awesome minute about our film noir. So if people had to um, watch a a let's 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 skew this. If you had to choose a couple film noir films for people to check out, what would you recommend? Uh, definitely the Maltese Falcon. That one is really good. Um, I would recommend Angels with Dirty Faces. I've never seen that one. That is good. That's James Cagney and Fred McMurray. And then, oh, let me see if I can find it on the shelf. I can't think of that name of one of the movies. Dumble Indemnity. That's what it's called. That one is really good. Who's in that one? Sure. (laughs) You can grab it off the shelf over there. Let's let's um, find out. But anyway, I think this uh, this gentleman he works for an insurance agency. He falls in love with a married woman, and he tries to or arranges to have her husband killed, but in such a way that in insurance there's a clause in a lot of claims that if you're killed in a certain way that's kind of like a freak accident you get double the pay and it's called double indemnity so i think they try to like um kill him by throwing him off the train or something like that but uh obviously when you plan to murder someone you know things go awry and well you karma works in mysterious ways apparently the movie came out in 1944 with fred mcmurray yes Barbara Stanwyck and Edward Robinson. Absolutely. (laughs) Nice. But uh, the the writing is just phenomenal and their acting is is wonderful. It's a great film noir. Excellent. Are there any sandwiches inside these movies? Ooh, I mean, Sam Spade, he might be eating a sandwich at one point. I don't know. Um, do you think watching, so watching film noirs and, um, mysteries and whatnot, do you, what sort of food would you recommend for those movies? Ooh, I feel like maybe some pasta, like some Italian food kind of sounds good to like sit down and have a good film noir of pastas like hearty. And, uh, I think it's something that is easy to prepare and you can put that on grab you a bowl or a plate and then just sit down and cozy up and just eat you some pasta and garlic bread while you solve crime nice so you you've heard it here folks our uh, resident um film noir a murder mystery expert has given you some recommendations on food to eat for that movie but the question of the week will be given to her rachel what do you think our question of the week should be for this episode because we've we've talked about all sorts of things we've we've talked about um we've talked about food we've talked about james bond we've talked about hot sauces the the hallmark channel um we've talked about film noir uh perfume commercials what do you think our question of the week for our listeners should be wow we talked about all that. Yes, we did. <laughs> okay. Um, I would say maybe the question of the week should be, um, 
who what is your favorite um film genre and what is your favorite film in that genre excellent i love it what's your favorite film genre and what's your favorite film in that genre that's awesome uh if you want to be a part of that conversation and answer the question you can do so on our facebook page did you know with ryan o you could tweet at us at did you know ryan o or shoot us an email did you know ryan o at gmail.com yeah we've had uh, lots of fun and a half the extra half is because it's you know rachel and i it's what we do and uh, we hope to see you soon thank you very much for joining us here rachel you're welcome i had a blast me too and we hope to talk to you folks in the near future but for now find your awesome hold on to it and share it with the world i've been ryan o we'll see you next time Did you know it?